0: You're with Pastor Troy right here. We're getting excited. We got a special program for you. You're going to be seeing over the next few weeks until we get ready for season two. You're going to be seeing the best of the On The Dock season one. These will be coming at you hard and steady. Once you get them out there, check them out, help us get them out to your friends. We want to see you on YouTube, Spotify, and iTunes as well, but this is the best of, get this, the best of. Season one. Get ready for it. We're going to be coming at you with a Super Season Two coming up this August. We'll see you soon. Enjoy this episode of On the Dock Season One. Best of. Troy here and we are on the dock. We've got an amazing show for you and we're all about getting you here on the dock here. Beautiful conversations today to propel you Listen, we want to propel you out of the shallows into the deep. Uh, R- Ruth is around the table. She's new to on the dock. She's one of our co-guest guest hosts this week. And, uh, listen, uh, on the dock, the graphic, we got Ruth there with the, with the deck there and the dock there you go. He brought it back up. Thank you. The chairs there. It's all about us getting together in these chairs in the safety of the dock. You're in the dock, you're safe. They're, you know, the waves are out in the sea, but what we want to do is we don't want to stay here. We want to equip people. We want to give people tools, resources. We want to give them systems and understanding. We want to give them nomenclature, help them understand what's going on in the world. And we are sick and tired of Christians trying to live their whole life on the dock. We're not about that. We're about coming in and getting fueled up. And then bring that picture one more time for me. We want you then to get ready to go out through that pass into the deep waters and get into the things God's called you to do. Knowing the lighthouse, Megan put that beautiful lighthouse there. That lighthouse is there to always get you back home. Jesus Christ, God, our Father will always guide you back home through the storms. But we want to, while you're here, just get a cup of coffee, get a glass of tea, get some water. You're going to need something to drink during this one you, you don't need that kind of beverage but listen you, you you need to get something to sit down with us because we are into some good strong stuff right here so you're at on the dock and we're going to get you out of the shallows into the deep hopefully you found us or you wouldn't be hearing us but all of our podcast partners we got lots of platforms youtube spotify itunes google Podcasts, facebook roku rumble and sermon net and by the way we have social media as well on facebook instagram twitter and telegram when you find those go find more than one in case we get knocked off the one you can find us on the other please find us on multiple platforms when you get there hit subscribe like notify and share and make comments and, and make sure you share it with other people and listen hit notify so that when we go live we tend to put our podcasts out on tuesdays and thursdays new ones every tuesday and thursday you want to get those alerts to know when they're coming out and you can always become a partner or a friend a partner or a supporter at patreon look here i got one of these beautiful coffee mugs on the dock with pastor troy if you go to patreon you become one of our partners and friends you can b- become a part and get one of these. There's a way to do that. Go to Patreon and find On The Dock with Pastor Troy and learn more about being a partner or a sponsor. We'd love to have you there. You can go to Patreon and look look up On The Dock with Pastor Troy. You can also go to our incredible website OnTheDock.org. It's got an embedded player as well as links to all of our platforms and including links to our Patreon site as well. Check that out. We'd love to have you. If you've got any questions, you go to info at on the doc.org. Send us an email and we'll help get things sorted out for you. So we're so glad to have you here. And we're on the dock here. We've got a great team here to my right. I got Mother Beth here with me again in studio. Mother Beth, welcome to the studio. Oh, your mic's not on. Come on, we'll try again. That's okay. This is a live thing. There <laughs> Hi, you go. Eddie. I hear you, I sweetie. Though. That's Mother Beth on the platform. We've also over Jeez. to our far right. We have Ruth Jane Subakit. <laughs> I got it. it. Again. I did it. I get it. I get it. I get it. Ruth <laughs> is with us. Ruth's hailing out of Harvard College, Boston, Massachusetts. She says she's not a New England Patriots fan, so we let her enter the room <laughs> for that we, reason only. <laughs> yeah, we're Ste- a Steelers Nation here. I know we're in Southern Illinois. We don't. We don't have a football team anymore. So we go. I've been Steelers lifelong. Go Steelers! And uh, we all know the. We all know the New England Patriots or the New England cheetahs. That's their new mascot, the cheetahs. And so we're glad to have you Ruth in studio with us.
1: Thanks for having me.
0: Okay, we're in this incredible series, you're gonna love it called the mosaic initiative series. We're in part two of that go back and listen to part one, part one supposed to be an introductory series for us. (laughs) And we just got knocked down drag out into it not against each other, but against an incredible foe out there. And that's this whole concept of human trafficking. And more distinctly, we're dealing in the series with sex trafficking. And it's a big subject and know what you're thinking "Oh, that doesn't happen around here. Guess what this program is all about the local face of it. You're going to find out it is so close. It is just all over us here in Williamson County, Southern Illinois, Illinois, the United States. It is just happening. It is a part of our reality here. And we as Christians need to be aware and understand. And we need to do our very best to make sure that nobody is being exploited. People need to know they're children of God. They're loved dearly and deeply. And we need to be reaching out to people. And there's no way to do that if they're caught in any kind of exploitation as such. So we want to be against that. So we're here at On the Dock to get you information. And we've got across on the table somebody that sometimes will be a co-host. She's certainly the creative arts person for. Community of Faith, and for on the dock, but today she comes in as our guest because she has a ministry called the Mosaic Initiative. It's Haley Odolini, Odellini in here Illinois, Odellini everywhere else. <laughs> Haley is here for phase two. She didn't run off and leave us after one. We got done with part one, and she tore out of here. <laughs> I thought Listen, she said, "I'm out of here."
1: I had had a significant, copious amounts of coffee.
0: Well, that goes, and on the dock, we we ooh, we drink right these beautiful through. coffee cups. I'm it goes right through
1: my I, second and a half cup. I, was sitting I told, at this table, and uh-huh. I had a cup before I came. So, well, I'm I told her Ruth is
0: from Harvard. She's she's studying this whole subject of sex trafficking. You know, Harvard's big, very good school. I Amy, mean, it's a really good school. And I told I told Never Haley beforehand. Yeah, yeah. I, I yeah I told her beforehand that she's gonna be tearing her up. She's an expert, and I thought when she ran out of here she'd had enough. But no, she came back. So praise God, Haley, welcome back on this. Just do me a favor, okay? Tell me again, just briefly about your family. You got a beautiful picture of your kids up here. Yeah. And tell us about your family. Tell us about yourself, real quick again.
1: So there's my uh, beautiful husband as well. Um, that's Ben. The, our last name is a point of contention in our household. Even we both pronounce it differently. Oh, that's okay. <laughs> that's all right. If you're hearing pr- it's I pronounce it's, I- it the correct way. Yeah. Um, the Italian way, Odellini, and he pronounces it Ottolini, but I really do it for spelling. But all the
0: Italians here <laughs> produce it Odellini.
1: Yeah. It's but, more for spelling, for the sake of like. But we people have Southern Illinois
0: it. Italians. We're yeah. all a little Southern in our language. Well,
1: and they changed it just so that like people yeah. wouldn't know that they were Italian, which is like, you know, drop you the lini, tomato. You say tomato, we say sounds tomato. Sounds like it's, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So um, there's my beautiful husband of almost seven years. We oh got my. married really young, <laughs> 19 and 20. Um, And then we had our beautiful two surprises um you design, know you know you know like i have a, a relationship
0: with your husband i oh, i yeah. consider us like we're like brothers we're deep we're, we're knitted deeply to one another he helped design the studio he's one of our co-hosts yeah, he is the he's my worship pastor here at community faith he is honestly i've had good worship pastors i'm not knocking anybody's ever served me i've had been blessed but ben is absolutely the most gifted yeah. worship pastor i've ever had he, really he love. it's not that i've had pro- maybe i've had better singers maybe i've had better musicians i don't know i, I wouldn't he's believe anointed. That. but yeah. i've had nobody that can can open the heavens and worship to God and just lets us jump in with yeah. him. He loves the Lord. And as he worships, you can feel that yeah. presence. And it's just like, he invites us to come along for the ride. And it doesn't matter if there's, I, look through COVID, we had nobody in the sanctuary. It changed nothing about the way he worships. He just worships the Lord. And we go yeah. along. So you got a beautiful family,
1: yeah, just, just amazing family. I'm pretty family. big fan of him. He's actually out in Reading this weekend. He's going to be uh, playing guitar for a church out there. And he's like, Thrilled because he gets yeah. to be with his friend, his friends.
0: Well, fortunately, yeah. we get I, I, Isaiah here, and yeah. Isaiah's—I is, won't say an upgrade, but it's equal to. <laughs> they're like brothers in the Lord together. Yeah, be careful with that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but I, I, I got a man crush on Isaiah too. So that's it, how I met yeah. Ben. Yeah, is through Isaiah. Oh, yeah. Really? Oh, yeah. oh, really? Well, hey, there you go. Yeah. I just, you know, the Bible talks about you know guys being knitted yeah. in battle, and oh, yeah. I've been the battle, Ben. I love yeah. these guys. Yeah. These guys got a great heart for God. Haley, just give us an overview. Uh, I'll throw up your mission statement here. Just yeah. help us understand the basics again of the mosaic initiative their mission and basic passion and and what you're working on
1: yeah so like it can all be boiled down to this very broad statement of that we combat sex trafficking and exploitation i I say locally and globally to uh specify but yes globally um, for those then, out
0: there, if, if you're if you're local, you're global, you're on the planet. It's both. Okay, yeah, yeah.
1: yeah, it's both. And yeah, I know.
0: We have I do that with one of our mission statements for, for Anzo. Yeah. We say locally and globally, locally, yeah. regionally. globally.
1: Our goal is to be about 50 50, like, like domestic and international, although like we started off more international than than locally, but that's changed over well, time.
0: Because because as you as you look up, you find out the subjects not just overseas. Yeah. It's so up on us.
1: Well, right? and you know, I think I. I'm newer to Southern Illinois and maybe had some assumptions that there were more resources here in the area. Mm. Um, but I think that, so, so as of recently there's a new shelter coming in specifically for trafficking victims over in, um, Harrisburg, I believe. Um, but that will be the first one in all of Southern Illinois that I know of. That's, That's specific amazing. to that. Um, the only other shelters I know of in Illinois are all based in Chicago and there's only a few. Mm. So, I mean,
0: yeah, yeah. Hey, define, I'm going to bring this up again. We also in the first episode one, go watch it. It's so good. Uh, what is sex trafficking? You say it's a form on your website, a form of yeah. human trafficking. Go ahead and elaborate. You, you yeah. can share on this. So I think you want.
1: Polaris project, um, went and identified, uh, different forms of human trafficking. It was like maybe 18 different forms. So there are terms that are used pretty interchangeably. Um, and, and you're not necessarily wrong, but it's kind of like, you know, a square and a rectangle situation. Human trafficking is just a broader term. It, it, it involves any type of exploitation, um, and trafficking of persons, whether that's forced labor, you mentioned harvesting organs, you know, slavery. That's the hottest thing, the Uyghurs right now in China,
0: that's happening there. I, I I hope that isn't happening in Southern Illinois. I mean, I hope there's, I mean, I know it's happening overseas readily right now yeah. readily I, I i would like to hope and pray we got enough bad things going on southern Illinois, we don't need that yeah either. my
1: experience is not at all in the organ harvesting i certainly wouldn't <laughs> one
0: i certainly yeah. wouldn't one from anybody that would try to do it in southern Illinois. that's for darn sure i mean they can't hardly <laughs> cut anything let alone oh gosh oh my gosh okay. it'd be a terrible i know that's terrible um
1: so, so the so, so, focus so, back <laughs> yeah get, get us
0: back on track
1: um it's bad when i'm the one focusing us back like, I with know, my, I yeah know. you've got to
0: have some levity on this this is a tough subject guys yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: yeah um so so sex trafficking is more uh specific to exploitation um for the purpose of like purposes of sexual nature and exploitation um and so that is you know we focus specifically on that form of human trafficking um you know sex trafficking is a form of human trafficking and so that's why they're probably in Interchangeable to some degree, but uh, human trafficking actually does encompass a lot more than just trafficking for sexual um, services. But I will I will mention that um, you know when you look at you know, even labor trafficking, they they often coexist. Like mm-hmm. um, it's not just one or the other. Sometimes you know you have you have really complex situations where there's there's multiple forms of trafficking happening. Right. Um, but it's it's helpful for uh, trying to get people. The right services and things like that to kind of differentiate to some degree because there's different um services and things that are necessary
0: so we talked um, about episode one we talked about which
1: Ruth could probably elaborate more on that we than talked I
0: about have. drugs and trafficking tend to run parallel sometimes there are, are yokes yeah you. are there other things that you find ruth uh haley that are yoked in that in that world
1: uh bonded labor bonded. and like so so like servit like servitude like servitude like you'll see um you know if like or said like forms like slavery if you have a, a woman working in the home like that's being you know forced labor and and not making fair wages and things like that you, sometimes you'll you'll often see like sexual abuse happening like alongside of that too right. Um. but you, I mean Ruth you probably have, you know you've worked more for like with the forced labor aspect yeah I mean I think I can't necessarily speak to what the factors would be in the u.s but i know that in the thai context and in like the southeast asian context right. that a lot of times there are um just like certain populations whether that be like certain indigenous tribes certain ethnic groups that are more vulnerable to that i mean poverty is obviously a huge factor like yeah. the number one right. you know, number driving one, yeah. factor for
0: both yeah. for both issues yeah, labor, sex trafficking. yeah, yeah and yeah.
1: So- social like socioeconomic like classes like yeah i i think poverty is I mean i once made like i love mind maps i even you know sometimes do it in the shower with expos and stuff. um but i made a mind map of like all of the different like root causes of like trafficking and i mean it all comes down to like brokenness and that like happened you know with the fall and etc but i'd say the number one is poverty is like poverty um absolutely yeah absolutely Or yeah. are looking for that especially now- when you're looking into like commercial like so so sex traffic trafficking as far as like with a commercial component mm-hmm. um is for sure like you're gonna see poverty but also i mean like you said there are vulnerabilities of uh like if you look at what makes certain um, populations more at risk for uh these types of exploitation a lot of times you're gonna see that happening because anytime that you're desperate for something or you're needing to provide something for your family you know your basic needs i mean it's the hierarchy of needs you know basic economic social status is yeah. going to really play yeah, really like, as a it, pe- I, as a whole people or and an i'd nationwide. say especially internationally from what i've seen because it, there's also like difference in culture of like what is expected of it like how much responsibility of like the financial like of providing for your family it can change like based on right. like culture of like mm-hmm. what but, you would expect a child like a child to help provide for their family
0: right, it, it, right. L- example you know we're very involved community faith church in Thailand. So we have our own churches in Thailand. We do a mm-hmm. lot of work in Thailand. In, in America, the immigrant workforce is largely Hispanic, Latin American. They're brought across, they come across to try to find freedom. Sometimes they're brought across, they're trafficked across and they then they exploited. So for our country, a lot of the, the labor that's abused and hidden off the record and and then exploited out of Absolutely. fear is, is Hispanic labor, based labor, Mexican based labor. It, it, for Thailand, it's Cambodian. Almost yeah. almost to me, so many Cambodian workers are used in such a brutal Laos, way. Lao Burmese, Burmese well, yeah. have no yeah. value in Thailand. The Thai people don't even see him, but they're all being abused and, mm-hmm. and they'll pay them a little bit, keep them there. And as soon as they get down to the last check, finish a project, they'll call and just say, Hey, they're illegal here. And then the, then the, then the guy doing the work can get out of having yeah. to pay them and they're just abused and their work from, I mean we we go there a lot so we see cambodians start laying bricks or working on a roof we're talking about yeah. Thai heat 100 degree Thai right. heat we're talking about 6 a.m to dark 6 yeah. to 6.
1: Yeah. you see that with refugee any marginalized group like right. increases yeah. your risk
0: right. yeah
1: hugely one because of just like the logistics of being in a completely different place than like where you're yes born and used to being in if you're displaced but also you know, there's there's i mean there's complexity with it but language barrier yeah. or cultural barriers well the or, cambodians certainly the way speak that differently other like population that, yeah. looks at you and like where your social class like you know in india which i'm if you're not aware i'm very in love with <laughs> india mm-hmm. um but uh you know the caste system and even like colonialism all of those things have come into huge play right. um Absolutely. even now like as it's supposedly illegal and not there anymore, you still see the systemic um, repercussions of those things. And, and, and I think it's definitely like the way that uh, people are looked at to even, um, but like, like even here, like it's a homeless, like displaced youth, like homeless youth, mm-hmm. super high at risk, things right. like that. Right. Um,
0: Let's dig into the local part. So that, that our show, this show is on the local face of the work of the mosaic initiative. And on your website, you say on a local level, we're focused on facilitating training and education for our community. I really appreciate that. We need that in our community, yeah. Haley. You're gonna bring something very valuable in the prevention and detection of sex trafficking and sexual abuse. I'm assuming you're gonna be equipping pastors and churches but also law enforcement, uh, legal authority. Uh, mm-hmm. With It says within the 2021, 22 year, you're planning on facilitating uh, some local trainings, culture of care, law enforcement training, foster healing. We're gonna get deeper into each one of these but just give me an overview uh, of why you've picked these things. And, yeah,
1: yeah. So one thing I would say is like the way I wanted to create this organization was of like an abundant mindset so um, I've seen a lot of like like you wouldn't necessarily think it but especially in like nonprofit world when you're trying to get like donors and funds and stuff it can get kind of weirdly competitive and that was like I wanted to structure our organization so that any win for our field was a win for us I wanted to structure our organization so that any any like so that the important things were important you know like Mm -hmm. any um victory that we have towards um improving the life healing hope for restoring dignity for another individual was a win for us and i wanted to create a culture of that Mm -hmm. and so um i think one of the main ways i wanted to do that was like also recognizing our limits and our capa like our capacities so I really wanted to focus on bringing experts in their specific, like in specified areas to come and train in those specified areas rather than trying to do it ourselves. Cause I've seen that happen a lot. And uh, I think that's where we, we see like the lack of excellency um, in our field is when we, you know, it, and it's never like what like ill intended, mm-hmm. but I think there's just so much more that can happen together. And and I, I've made a lot of effort to like, recognize my limits and bring in like you know knowledge that i don't have like i might know a decent amount about it but if i know that there's someone that knows even more than me i want to learn i want to bring them in and maybe next time we'll do the training or or three times from now Mm -hmm. but i want to learn as much as i can i also want you know for our area specifically i think one of the best things that i can do is connect them to expert resources Mm -hmm. um because a lot of times it's just like a matter of like having the time to do it and having like that being our focus. So I think we really focus on like trying to bring in expertise to our area. Cause there's just like a lack of, of that happening. And that's specifically yeah. we're we're
0: based for those of you who don't know on the docks, based out of uh, Marion, Illinois, we're, we're housing. Illinois, yeah, yeah. Southern like, so the Southern Illinois community, we can get broader into Illinois, but you know, we, you tell somebody from Illinois, they go Chicago, and we go. We're six hours from there. We're closer yeah. to Memphis and Nashville. Yeah. So, so we're really Southern people, but but in our area, I mean, we we're joining. We're closer to Missouri. Missouri's are close, and there's all kinds of exploitation taking yeah. place down here right. around 57 and 55 yeah. in the interstate and Interstate in our communities. So we're talking about really right here, yeah. Williamson County. Uh, we're, we're right up against Jackson County and Perry County as well. So there's a huge area here. Let me let me ask you. Let me. I want you to dig deeper into these. You mentioned three areas. Tell me first of all about this concept of this i'll bring you up the graphic here about this uh, ah, this culture yes. of care uh I'm i know so you've had this going this. Uh, yeah i know you you're, you you've done this event and you're going to be maybe doing more with this tell us about what this organization does your partnership with them what you're trying to accomplish here yeah
1: so actually uh recent a uh, recent development is uh you'll see robin blair as the director it, that has changed Oh um, man. but uh, I actually started a relationship with this organization many years ago. It was my dream organization to work with. I've like been in love with them since, you know, probably for the last 12 years. Um, Stephanie freed was the, was the, uh, founder of the organization. And one time she knew who I was when I talked to her, like <laughs> the second time. And I, I like ri- like called Ben and was like, listen, if Jeremy Riddle, who's like a really famous worship leader, if you're not aware, yeah. and my husband's like obsessed with him." <laughs> <laughs> If he were to know who you were, this is the level of excited that I am, and I was just like geeking out. So I'm really excited to work with this organization because I do think that they're really setting a standard of excellence, yeah. and they've they're they're a pioneer organization. They've been around for a long time. Yeah. They've learned a lot of experience, and they really employ like people who, like they're really trying to empower those in their community, and mm-hmm. it's really cool to watch. Um, they so this this organization is called Rafa International. Um, and they actually started creating this idea of culture of care. And we've been talking about it for like three years Mm -hmm. and then COVID hit. (laughs) So like, this is an ongoing partnership that we've been like wanting to build and like through some really very God ordained moments. Um, I was able to connect with them. We knew some like random mutual friend who lives in Malawi, you know, one of those crazy events um and so it's just really cool i actually found a notebook of mine from like 10 years ago where i took notes on one of their lectures um i so this so this particular thing i'm really excited about because what it is it's all about empowering church communities to create safe spaces um because oftentimes and as much as we don't want to admit it the church is like an easy ground with the amount of grace that we give and in, in, in this like almost like feeling of protection within the church and the bubble of it. You see it's actual abuse within the church a lot.
0: Yeah. Um, absolutely. uh, You see the boy scouts just paid almost a billion dollars in damages, destroyed the organization. Most scout units started out churches starting with trusted people. You think you see massive suits in the cat, the Roman Catholic church. You see it in secular churches. Beth and I were planning churches 30 years ago and we were getting ready to plan our first church at Highland hope. And it, I mean, right in the week that we're launching everything. We're putting all this marketing out about it. Come join our first service. There's a United Methodist pastor 20 minutes away in Nashville, being arraigned and arrested for multiple cases of sexual abuse of, of minors. Great. Come, come to our new Methodist church over here. At the same time I paid for all this advertising in the front line is this guy getting arrested. We found out he'd been in three other churches. People kind of knew kind of what was happening. They just kept turfing him around, you know, right. and this is not a Roman Catholic. This was a Methodist uh, preacher and the system kind of knew he had a problem, but rather than just nip it and take that him happens out, a lot, actually. I know they just think like, well, let's move him over here and all of a sudden Don't he'll be normal. Them.
1: Uh, what we see a lot is they'll move them internationally and don't like tell any, homes. And, and don't tell yeah, anybody just well that's like you know and not to get overly <laughs> controversial but back like a year or two ago with the john MacArthur thing making fun of beth moore and things it was particularly upsetting because like the air that the whole like convention had like as men about women right you're like can you not like it whether you interpret the scriptures that way or not it, it doesn't matter it's the way that they were talking about it yes. was like do you not see that this is probably one of the reasons you have over 700 allegations of sexual abuse within right your convention just your attitude yeah. and, and your it's behavior. the attitude yeah. that like
0: yeah. hierarchical
1: like the abuse of power like whether it was against just women or children yeah. boys etc but it's like, if you create that kind of like attitude, I, I think it, it just, I, it, it, I think a it is like, I think hierarchical
0: leadership is different than spiritual leadership. You Absolutely. can be a spiritual leader and yeah. have a right ethos and a yeah. right spirit. And you can, you can lead from the front in a proper way yeah. and you lead from the front by demonstrating yourself. And then you can be a hierarchical leader. Listen to me. I'm the leader. Follow me. That never works out well. does yeah, it? Yeah. And
1: it's yeah. And I think it's really important to have like equipped congregations as well as leadership. Um, yeah. I, cause like I, you look at Ravi Zacharias and stuff, he had all these like, accountability things set up but they weren't really you know you can always give that illusion of that but it takes people who are trauma-informed to be able to actually see these things and be able to like have feel empowered to step out and so that's really what this there's tremendous violation
0: about. inside the walls of the church on this. it
1: really is and it, it, it's not just inside i mean this this training really is created to help in two parts one obviously to prevent tr- like sexual abuse within the church, which is Absolutely. so important. And I think that people, it makes people uncomfortable. So they don't want to do it. Right. Like it, they don't know how to do it. It's people that they know, especially, I think, especially like, yes. in big churches, cause it's harder to like see everything, you know, you got these massive churches, but small churches, it's people that, you know, and yeah. it's really hard for us to like think, Oh, this person that I know. And so like, I mean, it's got no, it's, easier no, as no, if,
0: no, no, it's hard. Let, let me bring it to reality. I'm not going to name location and stuff just cause I just don't want to do that right now, but, but. I I it a church early in my career and when we left long gone long gone yeah no no the leadership well it came out that the worship leader had been abusing kids in the church for a while yeah. And yeah. I, I had stood next to this person while they led worship as a young pastor. Yeah, it's and really hard. No idea. No idea. Yeah. No idea. Because yeah. nobody was speaking, nobody was ta- the issue of shame, the kids weren't talking about it. Uh, yeah. they they felt a little bit threatened on it. Not a threatening imposing person, yeah, but leadership who, tends but to like try the, to protect, was yeah, the wrong impo- people. Yeah. The, the person right. was a, yeah. a a kind of like almost an untouchable in our community. And so nobody wanted to say anything. And when I found out who it was, I mean Beth and I like, You're kidding me. Yeah, I, I and I could see it. I never saw it or I yeah. would have clipped it I promise you. But but at the same time, it, it's a lot closer than we all think. Oh, absolutely. So procedures, when you talk about the culture of care, I read in their notes about what they do. They, they do tra- trauma informed church work where they provide safety and support yeah. to survivors. So they help unwind things that have happened but yeah. bigger than that i see where they work to recognize responding where it's happening responding
1: active. yeah correctly responding is a, is a big part of it so yeah, there's
0: post right. care there's yeah. active care and then they do consultation and policy review yeah. so that pastors like myself or ministry organizations can also have good procedure in front yeah, to yeah. make sure things things aren't able to happen so they're doing preventative they're yeah. doing uh, middle of the prevent and post like
1: yeah like, it works in like a three-part series yeah it's background it's even really even,
0: even advanced stuff like yeah. background training. yeah
1: so so this this it's actually it's like a one-day training that we had and it was um set up in three parts and the first part's kind of open to the general public and the congregation which is really important um mm-hmm. to have like a trauma-informed because one it's like you're not just trying to protect be, like against abuse within the church but you're also like one if you're in ministry i can guarantee you 100 percent that you are doing ministry with a survivor yeah absolutely and there and whether it's a survivor of sexual trauma or other forms of trauma it's very important as ministry workers to be trauma informed Mm -hmm. and even if you've experienced trauma yourself like some of unwind like uh, like you know going through the healing process is understanding like the the effects of trauma on the brain the effects of Mm -hmm. on behavior and especially like when working with children and stuff there are specific signs that you can see for complex sexual, like like behaviors, right. like sexual abuse behaviors. And so ministry workers are at a really unique position to be able to recognize some of those things. Right. And we always say like detection is prevention. So if you start noticing, you know, a kid, for example, suddenly mom has a new boyfriend, kid starts like above the age wasn't normal. Maybe they're starting to have accidents right. at church suddenly, or, you know, just like they're quiet, acting out, acting and, out and teenagers. Yeah. You know, there's a long list. Sometimes it's hard to differentiate. You know, between the regular, just like teenage angst and and right. PTSD. But it's it's just important to understand how to respond to people because it's really easy to see some of these behaviors and be like, why are you doing this? But like, yes. and it's not like freely. Like, I guess I've learned over time that not everyone totally knows how to respond in situations like that. But I think it's really important for ministry workers to know. Well, I, look, think, here, I think I think one of the, um struggles with with the uh, ministry people or with you know christians too is that we don't want to come off judgmental right. i know that we <laughs> we had that happen yeah. <laughs> or we you know i knew i know where you're going i know where you're going already that, person that, that we oh, Lord. had Vetted some wrong. reservations about but we decided we were just being Judgmental, and we were. They were a lower social, social,
0: status. Came from right. the other side of a town. So we kind of pushed aside our our reservations. I don't want to look Later down at this person. we found out things that we regretted. I should have know, trusted but, my gut. But like, I think Christians try to be. They were sexually abusing one of their own children. They were yeah. inv- accused of other people. They were involved with scouting, yeah. and I,
1: we, and that's why it's important to have like the whole congregation and leadership right. somewhat trauma informed because
0: so so and, and, hey i background searched them i called previous oh, yeah. pastors well. and, and they told me what they knew about the family but they did when i called them back and said why didn't you give me this information they said well i just really knew the mom mom's a good person i said the mom being a good person is not a recommendation to me no. you told me you vouched for them
1: well and there's to some degree like when something's like covered up they we can teach you all the signs we can teach you all the red flags but there's there's times where you know your spouses don't even know about their well right, spouse abuse, things like right. that so it's not to say that like like even to the trained eye sometimes it's hard to like spot
0: i'm trained in social i have 30 hours of sociology yeah, and psychology training so and i was totally fooled yeah because i listened to people that i thought gave good counsel but i also tried to check off my 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 things that say well he's not from maybe he dresses a little cheaper than i do or whatever so i don't want to be judgmental so let's give this a shot nothing happened on our watch but right
1: which is because of probably because of policies and procedures that you had in place right so and i think yeah i think that's a large part of it so i i share this um a lot more than i used to (laughs) but and it's getting easier each time but it's also like you know i'm reluctant to share too much on it because it isn't entirely this my own story but parts of it are um growing up in the church i at one point the man that i considered the most influence i named him as the most influential person in my life um right actually right before i got married um he was arrested and went to prison uh, for sexually abusing one of my peers and one of it was actually one of my my friends you know family members and uh i was actually really close to both their family and to my youth pastor's family, and I actually there I did have some reservations about him. I remember looking at him at one point and saying, "You're very calculated. You know, you're you're pretty manipulative." Um, I hope you use that for like the right things. Mm. And right. and I at least could recognize that. But you know, hindsight's twenty twenty, and right as a teenager, there's a lot of things you brush off as like, Oh, he's just like trying to be cool with or the he's kids charismatic. Or, whatever. or yeah, know, it's a lot, a which lot of can, times it is, Which can be a gift. Yeah. He had a really charismatic personality. He, you know,
0: connects with people. Weirdly well.
1: was a good teacher, like things like that. But I saw a gross, gross negligence of leadership in that church. It wasn't just him, but it was the leadership. Like there, the policies and procedures weren't in place. There was a lot of sweeping under the rug. Um, and, and that's why, like, to me, this is like such a personal project is like if I can prevent I mean I saw my entire community just like absolutely just torn to shreds I've seen people walk it, away yeah. from the Lord for the rest of their life absolutely yeah.
0: if, so so let me just summarize here and we'll move to the next one but culture care basically is coming in and and if you want to go check out culture care yeah. I looked at their website culture care it's it's, it's rafa uh, rafa.org rafa, yeah, rafa. yeah I got it up there rafa. they also org.
1: have a policies and procedures example that they'll give you on their resource page right so even if you can't somehow like come to one of the trainings. Get um, on
0: there and learn from Get on there site. and
1: learn. Yeah, they have like really good example policies and procedures like and they got windows a lot in the doors. Lot, well, uh, well, no uh, internal investigation, things like that, right. that are just really good policies to have in place because when it does get messy, and I promise you, it absolutely will, like it's not an if you get allegations, it's a win. Right. And when it gets really messy and it's always messier than you think it is, and it's always harder it's always. to, it's always muddied, it's always hard to yeah. figure out having these policies and procedures in place will really help you best protect the people that need protecting because i think oftentimes when we're trying to figure it out a lot of times churches will try to protect people and they try to protect the wrong people yeah 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 yeah
0: the, uh, the the back, so they're gonna help with backgrounds. They're gonna help you understand how to do background checks, how to do safety procedures and good mandated stuff. Mandated reporting, Mandated, that, mandated yeah, reporting, yeah. which is huge. You know, as clergy, teachers, medical people, police officers, there's mandated reporters, and you have to make those calls. I have made those calls before. And it's a tough thing to do, but you just got to do it's it. Really hard, yeah. You got to do it, and then they're going to help people that are recognizing the symptoms that are in it, and then help people with training after. Get on their website, go to rafa.org, check out their whole culture care program. They're great yeah. stuff. Now, yeah. hey, let me jump to the second piece you talk about uh, in, in this. You also talk about doing work uh, with law enforcement. You talk yeah, about that's a, a uh, part two was law enforcement <laughs> and training, and yeah. you call the this program tell me about that What your idea there is yeah
1: so we're this is not like entirely set in stone at the moment but we are um, in current conversations with local law enforcement to bring in a um, detective out of Texas who specializes in um, data-driven investigations so um, he's again it's one of those people that I look up to a lot super fun guy most interesting phone conversations i've had the most cursing on a professional call i love it <laughs> he he's definitely like a you know, like cowboy hat wearing texan yeah and he i think it's gonna train so it's it's really hard in our field to find um people that can translate well from like there kind of seems to be a divide and maybe this is just from my experience i don't mean to apply this everywhere but between law enforcement and the therapy world <laughs> mm-hmm. so there's like especially in the midwest i think like there's definitely kind of this like Unspoken. How
0: to better train the local law enforcement to identify what's going on?
1: Well, because they see a lot, and I think that we have so much. Like both groups have so much to learn from each other, and I I felt kind of somewhere in the middle of like experiences and. I feel like a lot seen here
0: locally, but it's invisible because the eyes not been trained. Yeah, exactly. I think
1: they see a lot, and they just don't even know, and maybe don't have like know what. Yeah. So he's really good at um, being able to like almost translate, if that makes sense, like Mm -hmm. from. And he has he, I like him a lot because he's he's not just like, and and this is no um, this is not to be offensive towards FBI or anything, but he he has he's been like a street cop like uh-huh. he's seen it he's been on the street he he's not like he knows what the face of it looks knows, like yeah. yeah like he right. knows what the average police officer goes through each day, and he's able to take like trauma informed training and like working with survivors and working with NGOs and translating that in a way that's gonna be received, which is really important Mm -hmm. because you want whatever training's being done to be received and like applied. Because it's really useless if it's not applied, right? So he's really cool. He's worked with like, I mean, his background's extensive. He's consulted for multiple like federal agency, like multiple government agencies. He's Uh um, consulted for Polaris Project. He's, I think, you know, um, they've helped recover over 2000 survivors or something like that. I mean, you'll have to look at his, his page um it's detective joseph Scaramucci, but so so once again you're just trying to help help
0: equip and and, and,
1: yeah there's just like a lot of room like i love our local law enforcement i have a good relationship with them um but there's like always room for improvement in any field you know and i think right now they're really overworked in specific areas but there's a lot that we can do as a community and i've had a lot of support from the mayor and can only say hi like hi praises of both our chief. I and have a very but, good
0: relationship with Mayor Apshur yeah. and also Mayor Fertini and Heron. I really
1: like our our chief chief of police and you
0: know. I when we get into the round round table I'm going to make an offer to you on something on this that I think you're going to like but, yeah. but I think this I think this is the right way tell us a little bit real quick we're, we're running low on time here in the local segment but but tell us about this idea of working fostering healing fostering healing yeah. that's a little different that's a little off the track yeah, it's a little tangential but I, I know like you know this church has a special relationship with foster parents yeah and the networking uh, the restore yeah. network and stuff tell me how that got into your baby wick and and what what is that all about in the local context
1: yeah so we're still like again a lot of these things are goals and like things that we're working towards we actually just got our 501c3 this last september so right and I'm primarily the primarily the main person on the team right now. We have a board and things like that. And we're we're growing our team steadily, but you know, it it's it takes a minute. It does. Um, it takes time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So this is like our goal is to start kind of doing this in the spring. We might be partnering um with Centerstone. It's a local cool. uh yeah. group. Um but it's like counselor. the number yeah, so it's it's the number one request I get is foster families asking, "Okay, so we know what sexual, like complex sexual, the kids, come, the kids are. that are coming
0: into the foster parents are yeah, extremely, yeah, yeah. they've they've either seen, visually seen, been around incredible trauma, of or all kinds, a lot of victims, times, of. victims yeah. of yeah. seen, Survivors, watched, yeah. they've watched abuse, they've been abused, yeah, they, they 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 they're coming, they're 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 just in difficult situations,
1: and the, and the good the really good foster families, the ones that are actually there for the right reasons and like willing to step up and try to like rewire these trauma pathways in the brain and things and
0: which is very difficult in somebody that's before their eight year by the time you're eight years old a young girl is well identified and boys are a little slower girls you guys figure yourself out faster than we do
1: brain but- development is mm-hmm. like five years faster or something yeah yeah, yeah. it's women. like it's yeah. like boy- I mean, boys are like 10
0: that a lot yeah we got a little time we got guys were a little slower so about 10 you know but girls by five, six, seven, eight are wired and then guys are like seven, eight, nine, ten yeah. wired. I so, think they
1: say it takes like the same amount of time like to rewire like whatever trauma. I mean, obviously it depends, but like with trauma, you know, if someone was in a, a traumatic household, like it, to unpack that. Yeah, to unpack that for two years, it's going to take at least two years. I agree, like, I agree. Constant to rebuild
0: like, paths and to reset. Yeah, things. yeah, yeah. So right. basically, your your foster program is going to begin to identify and kind of work along yeah, some of those. So
1: I think like the thing is for them is it's not what are these behaviors which is you know a whole training in itself Mm -hmm. a lot of them know these are complex like behaviors coming Mm -hmm. out but they have no idea how to address them in their house right so like for example and this is kind of i am sure it's hard to talk about and and i i don't ever mean to come across as callous it's just part of my job so i'm pretty like compartmentalized when it comes to being able to talk about it um but i i promise you there are times where i like sit in my house and i cry or i vomit i have it like once every like six months or something others let myself bleh at all but um yeah so like sexual aggression amongst kids so that's like a a very common one that we see but it's like how do you how do you like address like one of your foster children or 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 your other child who's experienced trauma um being sexually aggressive to one of your other children or at church and where
0: did that come from
1: and where did that develop And how do we address this or even like you know sexual like So there's like a sexual awakening too, more in like, so like hypersexuality in younger kids. And we don't ever want to talk about that, but like, so like what would be normal for a toddler? That's like more in the explore territory, like phase, like for my kids, like, you know, it's like we're learning about our bodies right now. And that's like all the rage is asking people what body parts they have. Well, but that's been happening, that's that's very normal. normal. But then when you have a, a survivor of, sexual trauma it, it's more sexually driven and so mm-hmm. it's like the same the way that you would like be like okay maybe not here but like if you're gonna figure it out figure it out like somewhere else like not in front of people it's different and it's like people parents don't have the adequate tools of knowing how and I don't know if anyone completely does but like how do we best equip these families to because they're they're in I think one of the they're at risk, greatest. they're the highest
0: at risk group that you can get yes, in but, our region.
1: But even so, it's like these kids who've experienced this level of trauma, like because sexual aggression is in itself a symptom of what happened to them, it's like how do, like you don't want these kids to cross over into perpetrators at some point. It
0: also becomes a language they yeah, learn child, and become Yeah, and child on
1: child abuse is, is one of the largest things that we see, and right. so it's it's how do we best protect these kids from crossing and, and that line it, themselves. And also like, how do we help these parents navigate those situations? Cause they're like, there's no, that's like for a normal functioning family that hasn't had trauma, mm-hmm. I don't wanna say normal, but like for a family right. that's, you know, not experienced these things, it doesn't just like come naturally. I don't think there's like no, there's no like guidebook on how to do that. That's like not a normal, like, this is something that really should have never had to have happened. Right, right. So it, and I can only understand from the, you know, standpoint of where we're at like it's challenging to be a parent regardless so we just want to help kind of equip foster families even with the building blocks like a lot of these things take ongoing counts like family counseling Mm -hmm. but how do we give them the building blocks of like generally speaking here's some ways to help you address these things and like without shaming children but also like empowering them but also teaching them what it like if those boundaries have been crossed and they've been taught those as normal like how do we Teach what is actually like a healthy boundary between right. others. Like we have a lot of talk in our house about consent at like three years old, my daughter knows. Like
0: Well, what's yeah. it what's interesting, yeah. the whole heart of what you're doing in the Mosaic Initiative is is really helping empire people, giving yeah. people tools to work through it. And even the foster thing is is out of that same passion of giving people family that are trying to help and do the right thing, keeping them in the game, giving them tools, yeah. to kind of continue to make victors instead of victims. We need to, in Christ, we're trying to help people overcome and yeah. become victors, not victims. And we don't want to be victims ourselves. We're trying to do good work. Yeah. You get burnout.
1: Driving survivors. Well, yeah. I mean,
0: when you're fighting sex trafficking, if you're doing an organization, you can burn out easily. The The foster parents, if they burn out, we're not better off. So we need to equip them and help them yeah. walk with them. through. Yeah. You're doing a great job with that. Let me ask you one last question. we got to get out of this episode. We're getting long in it. Uh, You've got this, I didn't address it in the last one. You've got this on your website, join the movement. I am going to talk about it more in the next couple, but I wanted to say you've listed these things, learn the facts and the red flags. I'm thinking that's towards sex trafficking. Correct?
1: Yeah. that's. I mean, that's like probably the best entry. Like, I mean, that's like the typical entry into sex trafficking one-on-one, like learn what it is, mm -hmm. learn how to notice it. And
0: we've talked about that in this episode. We want you, if you, if you're seeing human trafficking, there's a hotline there, eight, 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 three, seven, three, seven, eight, eight eight we want to encourage you to do that if you know it's happening Please call. We want you to support ministries on the front line. The mosaic initiative is one of those ministries that's on the front line by donating. We'll tell you how to do that in a minute, praying for them, encouraging and volunteering. Mm -hmm. We're gonna be talking to more of those like Tamar center over in Thailand. We'll be talking to them and other organizations like that in the future on the dock. So we want you to get out there. Don't just listen to us, get in there and be an active supporter. You yourself stop watching pornography and fueling the demand. Stop watching it. Stop watching it. Quit fueling the demand for trafficking by ethnic, ethically sourced goods if you buy the right kind of things yeah. it won't exploit other and people
1: you're, yeah you're creating like ethical jobs with fair wages it's hard always you're to know what do a, person the a way out yes you can right. do
0: a little homework invest in youth be an advocate and spread awareness ask how you can use your skills giftings and occupations to serve get involved in your community in serving monitor your children's t- and your teenagers please online presence know who know where your parents are I we don't let our kids go stay at people's houses never did and until we know the <laughs> parents and know either. the we household do now, <laughs> we, we did well they're old down we, didn't but they were we did not until we yeah. knew those parents and knew what they were about there was none unless I'm going so you know I need to know your parent and what they're about make sure you know what your children are doing they're online where they're going what they're doing and finally join petitions and press and press for better legislation we need to bite into this and I, we're gonna talk much deeper about yeah. this on the roundtable but we're gonna we're gonna Back, uh, Haley. You are opening our eyes yeah. to the stuff around us. There's a lot going on. We're going to get much deeper as we move forward. This you can you can support the mosaic initiative, Haley Odellini. Adelini, locally, executive director, the founder of the Mosaic Initiative. You can email her at connect at the mosaic Her website's the mosaic And you can go there and click on the donate link to donate to her organization. That's one of the ways you can join the movement. And you can check out also their Facebook page at the Mosaic Initiative. We'll be back in part three. And we're going to take a look at the work Mosaic is doing internationally in the international network that they have. It's incredible. And so ladies, good stuff, good work. It's not as deep as the first one we got a little bit of a breather here with you working on some prevention and helping us not get into trouble but i got a feeling we're going overseas it could get rough in the next episode you don't want to miss it we'll be back on part three to dig into that. You can always find out more about us at onthedock.org. Check us out. All our viewers, all our links to our platforms are there, as well as all of our partnerships as well. And you can email us anytime at info at onthedock.org and we would love to have you find those platforms of ours. YouTube, Spotify, Facebook, uh, iTunes, Google Podcasts, Roku, Rumble, and Sermonet. We'd love to hear your comments on social media, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and Telegram. Remember, keep them nice and friendly. You can be serious, but we don't want anything ugly. We don't do that business on, on the dock. We're about building the kingdom of God encouraging people and we want you to get out there get off the dock now get out there and do something and hey when you find our platforms hit subscribe like notify share and let other people know what's happening with the mosaic initiative you could do that by sharing this broadcast and we'd love to have you become our partner or friend through our partnership with patreon you can make a gift through on the dock with pastor troy and you can become a sponsor or a partner with that program as well and finally last but not least if you don't have a church home check this out We would love to have you at Community Faith Church. If you're in the Southern Illinois area, 10 o'clock on Sundays, Wednesday at 6.30, they're the host church for this podcast. And if you are not in our region, hey, we have people from Thailand watch us every week, Michigan, Minnesota, all over. You can join us on our virtual campus at coftv.com, embedded players there. You can also watch us on our Facebook and YouTube channel under Community Faith Church. We'd love to have you here. And we have enjoyed having you for this incredible series. Thanks for having me. Yeah, you've done a great job, Haley Ruth. Thank you, Beth. We're going to dig in in the next series. Come back and join us real soon. Get that coffee ready. Be back with us in part two on the dot. Have a great one.